He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate, former roommate from the University of Rhode Island, Sean Anderson. Today, we have got another offseason positional, pre- or sorry, conference preview. We're not getting to positional previews yet. My mind is still stuck on the NFL draft because, as you can imagine, there's a lot going on with that. But today we are doing another top FCS conference. We've got the CAA coming up. Sean, I wanted to, to hit on this first, though, before we got into doing the CAA preview. So on Friday, Ryan and I, who do the draft show on this channel, uh-huh. posted uh, an interview that we did with a center prospect, Alex Pilstrom, who from is going to be a, from Illinois. He's going to be a late, late round pick. Good kid, great interview because he was a former tight end, former walk-on, played tennis in high school, and he was a center, which is really random and cool. Um, But it was a good interview. And I don't get irked by the comments anymore because we get so many of them on a Mm. daily basis that I just kind of read through them sometimes. But this one comment pissed me off because I spent so much time working on the content and so many different types of college football, NFL draft, and now even a little bit of NFL content that comes out on this channel – and this person wrote out this goddamn essay on this interview, mm. complaining about the fact that we took the time to interview and post this conversation with Alex Pilstrom. And they were basically complaining that we're not doing enough in-depth analysis on the top prospects. And they also bitched that we did the Big Sky preview. And I was just so confused and dumbfounded. This person was like, I've been subbed for two years. And it's like, Clearly haven't been subbed if you have a problem with those things because we've been putting out those types of interviews. We've been doing FCS content on this channel. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. That crap pissed me off so much on Friday. I was so damn mad. Are you? It looks like you're scrolling around looking for this, this I comment. Found it. The, the, I found it. I don't get mad over this stuff anymore, but that made me so unbelievably mad. Like I can post whatever I want on this channel. It's not like I'm posting crap on this channel. <laughs> We're spending time to put out good stuff. And on top of that, you interview a guy like Alex Pilstrom. You do a great interview. He's not a big name in the draft class. It sets you up and allows you to interview other big name clients of other agents. That's how we go through booking this. And this dumbass who – don't watch the other interviews. We've got big interviews coming up with guys that are, might go in the first round that we have coming up. So unsubscribe. Don't watch our shit. Leave. I, I was so pissed off when I saw that, Sean. Why are we doing it, Senators Joe? This dude and Ricky Stromberg. No offense to them. I'm sure they're great. But what are we doing? Not even top guys either. I've been listening for the last two years and it's starting to get out of hand. We are a month away from the draft. Thanks for letting us know. And we have content about the big sky for 2024. It's 2023, 2024. Really? You post shorts all the time, which is a good one liner. Thank you. I'm going to take that one for me. Uh, It was for me. Why would that be for you? Because I post the individual, the videos where I break down the prospects. I thought it was, I actually, that would not be for me. That's for a a secret member that's been posting shorts on the Hack City channel. Uh, Good one liner where people follow you uh, aren't looking for one liners. Uh, The people want in depth, long analysis. Nope, they don't. No, but, but on top they, of that, but here's yeah. the, the stupid part is, Sean, that Ryan and I do long, in-depth positional breakdown. I know. That's why I don't listen. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but I'm, I'm serious. It's just yeah, yeah, like, yes. yeah, continue, though. You guys yeah. get deep in the minutia. That's what you guys, you guys get deep. I, I also, I, 
people want long in-depth analysis. If I want to know what people think of Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, I can go look at Mel Kuyper for that. Go do that then. Uh, ESPNs and the casuals have me covered. Cool. Good draft content is becoming hard to find. I feel like the channel is getting away from that. I hope this comment is taken with serious consideration because this channel has potential, but don't tell us what the potential is. Yeah, the serious consideration. Don't ever fucking tell us what this channel has poten- potential of. The but serious consideration. Sky, 20, class in it, brother. Hey, hey, do you know how many uh, uh, mistresses are being served by what Joe and me and Ryan and everybody that, that works on Hack City on this channel together does? It all serves different purposes. Uh, everything gets covered. Jerk ass. Yeah, you have the, the, this channel has good potential. The serious consideration oh. is that you shouldn't consume our content anymore. That I'm, I know that we're wasting five minutes on this, but I was so unbelievably mad over that because of all the work that we put in. And a lot of the stuff gets good feedback, great feedback. That's the only negative feedback that I've gotten for covering yeah. too many things on the channel. I it's not like we're talking about like basketball. I don't, I don't know what that uh, is. Whatever. That, that, that's, that's baffling to me. I, he did. And I am leaving a thumbs up. You know what? It, I just I'm not even telling them not to listen. But eventually this is how how shows work and channels yeah. work. Eventually, something's going to get by you that you want to see if that's up your wheelhouse. I've been watching this guy, uh, a poofy shirt on 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 YouTube. Sometimes uh-huh. we video game streamer. I, I've been watching it, but I don't like some of these weird games that he plays. I don't watch it. I want to watch him play Mario Kart or something like that. That's what I want. Or, or we sports baseball. I know, I know you're making a face, Joe, but that's how it is. I understand how channels work. You need to understand how channels work and and, and get it through your head that not everything is going to be directly catered for you. Yeah, that's where I get off. Um, All right, to get us back on the the wheels, back on the track here, Sean. Before we get into the CAA preview, we do have one FCS headline that I wanted to to hit on. And this one popped up at the end of the week. Um, This one... Disappointing, but also hilarious. So those who missed it, this was not really super highly covered except by the usual Sam Herger. It was covered by Craig Haley. Uh, San Diego head coach Dale Lindsay was, there was an announced retirement for him. And for those that don't know Dale Lindsay, or maybe know a little, little bit about this San Diego program, for the past 10 years, they've been the best team in the Pioneer League. I think he's got like something like 80 and 30 record in that span multiple conference championships, multiple bids to the playoff. And it's unlike the rest of these typical Pioneer League teams where he's had teams go out there and put up huge battles with really good teams that they've had to face in the playoff. So he retires. He comes back with this interview that he does. And Lindsay goes off and says that I didn't effing retire. I was forced to. So off to a weird start there. But if you dig into the depths of this this article, uh, I have the all-time football guy quote of the year from him. This is the quote from Lindsay. I was planning, I wasn't planning on retiring. I know chronologically how old I am, but I don't function like an 80-year-old man. If you just sit at home, you become a vegetable, and vegetables die sooner or later later. I've seen too many coaches work their asses off for 40 years, think they're going to go off to some golden parachute retirement. Then they're dead in six months. I don't want to be one of those, nor do I intend to be one. (laughs) So Good for him. Lindsay leaves the quote of the year. The football guy of the year award, I think, has to go to him that if he's he's saying that if he retires, he's going to die if if he's not coaching football, which is 
awesome. I think a lot of people uh, are like that. You know, maybe you're coasting a little bit in your 60s if you're not a coach, uh, you know, 65 to 70, and then 70, you look around, you're like, oh, God, it's starting to get a little bit real. Let me start doing some stuff. Uh, I think that's when the reality check comes in, and good for good for Lindsay. You know, it, he's 80. He found uh, a purpose, and that's what everyone's looking for, and he says, this is going to keep me going because everyone, everyone has a motor. As much fun as it is to do nothing, the motor needs to be moving or else you're just wasting. And uh, I think it's true. I, I think it's true. I've seen uh, and I know uh, people in their 80s and 90s who are of the exact same mindset where it's like, hey, if I start relaxing and I'm sitting on the beach, it's donezo for me. I'm not you can't do that. So uh, I love that perspective. I love that I'm going to coach until <laughs> I'm dead. Dude, it's like, well, that's not the quote. It's if I don't coach, I'm dead. That's yeah, what yeah, the yeah, yeah. takeaway is. That That's a great take. Uh, what was it? Was the movie Seven where Morgan Freeman was about to retire from the police force and then he you, it felt like you, he was uh, dragging you, it you out? Know you, you know you can't ask me I forgot. for movie yeah, references because I don't know them. I don't know them. That's by the wayside then. Good for Lindsay. Good for Lindsay. I'll... Uh, I'll have, a, I'll have a chat with Joe after the show about his pop culture intake. Uh, I'm watching film. Oh, I know you are, buddy. I am watching. I, I am. I am watching. I know. Film. I know. There's some good guys that I've uh, I've been watching that we're going to talk about today. But takeaway from Lindsay, I hope somebody hires him. Uh, I hope it's Marist or someone in the Pioneer League, and that he can just clown it. That sucks, man. Because San Diego is like the perfect. If you're a good coach, the perfect job to just die on because you're you're, you're in, in San, San Diego. Diego. It's a great environment. You maybe you've got enough money saved up where you're kind of you're using your retirement fund, but you get the little money coming in for that paycheck for the coaching gig, and you know you're just coaching football and going to the beach. That's dude. That's every- what Donnie Smith does. That's what Donnie Smith is. Uh, it, what keeps him going? Here's what's crazy. Uh, Joe, you you grew up on the East Coast. You know that every per every single person when they turn forty five on the East Coast says, "I'm going to retire in San Diego," and that's what that's what the plan is. And then you're living it, brother. You coach yeah. your football there. That's uh, good. Have at it. Go to go to San Diego State. All right, Sean. We got to talk about the CAA. So I think that the only other conference we're going to do is the Missouri Valley Football Conference for the FCS. We might do one more, and I know that's a little disappointing for. Our FCS fans, but we we want to pivot the coverage here. We want to expand the coverage a little bit because we want to talk broad college football. Um, we're going to end up covering all the FBS conferences. We're going to figure it out. I think that based on the feedback we get, which we always get a, a ton of feedback, um, based on the feedback we get, if we want people want more FCS conferences, we'll do it. But the reason why we started so early so that we can get as many of them in as possible. Yeah. FCS though, the CAA, the big dogs at the top. The ones that finished at the top last year and the ones that we're diving into, William & Mary, who finished 11-2 and two last year, UNH 9-4, and four, Richmond 9-4, and four, Elon 8-4, and four, Rhode Island 7-4, and four, and Delaware 8-5. and five. All of those but Rhode Island went to the playoff last year. A lot of people moaned that wasn't really deserving that all those teams made it to the playoff, and a lot of people complained that Watch how badly they all got beat. And we saw what happened with William and Mary. And I want to start a conversation off here with William and Mary, who notoriously went down the way they did against Montana State, which not an easy task to travel to Montana yeah. to get your your butt kicked in the way that, that it was it was 
destroyed the way that it was because they were not ready for the environment that they were set up in. They are losing some key players, but the way that I look at this William and Mary team and the reason why I'm high on them is they've got some good talent on the offensive line that's returning. And then they also, I look at the fact that John Pui, who was an All-American last year, a defensive lineman, 11 and a half sacks, 19 tackles for loss. The dude is a monster. I am surprised that he is someone who did not hop in the portal and he clearly values the education he's getting at William & Mary. And then also one of their top defensive backs, a young guy, Jalen Jones, who I believe was a freshman last year. This team, and that's just two guys, the takeaway for this team is that defensively, front to back, they are really freaking good. They are well coached. They've got some sneaky good athletes. It's not like it's just a bunch of guys that are technically sound. You got smart, athletic, underrated football players. And I think it's it shouldn't be a uh, a hot take to say that this team is going to be at the top of the CAA again this upcoming year. This is one of the few teams that I feel any lack of confidence for what their performance is going to be because of what they're bringing back. Yeah, uh, William & Mary just came out of the blue last year and saw this uh, just in a little bit of prep. They had four of their rushers in the top 17 in both yards and touchdowns in the CAA. You know what? You're you're happy if you get two guys that are in the top of either of those. But just to have your whole committee of, of running backs and quarter, whoever's running the ball for them, punching it down everyone's throat all season to have that come to fruition like that. I, how many teams are in the CAA now? 14? 12 or 14? Uh, I hate to put you on the spot. Regardless, you're chopping that in half. You're in the top yeah. 50% either way. Uh, so it, it's an impressive thing that they built last year, and they were just ah, uh, hey, they, they they punked some teams. They punked some teams last year. It, why wouldn't they do it again? They got enough guys that saw. You have guys on the team, younger guys, that see saw how older guys went out and dominated and punked other college football players. You're looking at oh, oh, they look tough off the bus. Oh man, and then you see your teammates just go out there and whoop them. How do you not go back and say, we're going to do the same thing now? Now it's our time. That's what a culture is. That's what happens with with college football teams and players and that like and the mentality that can go through a college football program. So William Mary, I, they have to be the favorite, in my opinion, just, just off of that alone. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your Pick'em slip Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially again during the off season, always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on 
some of these other sports. It's betonline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Their offense schematically, too, is is known for being very difficult to stop. So the, that William & Mary grouping, yeah. I, I really have very high expectations for what they do next season. I, I really don't think it requires much more analysis than that, is that they have developed into, over the past two seasons, a really good football team. And I think we sat here last year and we were like, okay, James, James Madison's gone, who steps up? And a lot of what we talked about was – it's going to be Delaware, or we mentioned maybe it's UNH, maybe it's Rhode Island, but no one was really acknowledging what was being built for William & Mary, so we have to stay on the lookout for what they're going to be capable of next year. UNH, though, as we all know, is notoriously the team that everyone hates playing. Kind of the complete opposite of some of these other teams where like they've got really good athletes that, that worked in really well. It's never the best athletes, but it's just always like really well-coached guys that you don't want to have to face. You got guys like jo- Josiah Silver, who is freaking dominant. Another guy I'm surprised didn't hop in the portal and move up because he's got the freaking talent to do it. Uh, on top of that, Dylan Laub, who is their starting running back. I'm a little iffy on him, admittedly, but he is a productive player when uh, – it's again, it's hit or miss. He's not consistently productive, but he's had some huge games, and when he's on, he's on. They've also got a really good tight end uh, that I'm a bit of a fan of in Kyle Lepowski. This roster, another team that's not really losing a ton. And as we've known UNH to be is that they're the thorn in the side of every CAA team. And I'm like, this is just off of having to play these, these, uh, what's the word that I'm looking fine. for? Leeches is the, is, that's they're a, a great pest. word. They are a pest. They're is a what pest. UNH is, what's going to happen is the same thing that happened last year in the years before that and the years before that, where UNH is going to start the season slow. They're going to start like with a, in the middle of the pack. And then we're going to be like, oh, UNH is out of it. Like stop ranking them. They shouldn't be ranked as high as they are. And then we're going to watch as they get more and more difficult matchups where they're going to pick Richmond off. They're going to pick Delaware off. They're going to pick William & Mary off or Rhode Island off. And then it's going to be like, okay, God damn it. They don't have a great record. They've lost some dumb games, but then they show up and win the games that you don't expect them to because they are a pest. They still find their way to also have some some cupcake scheduling, uh, but they're they're like fruit flies. What is their schedule? They're they're like fruit flies. You think you got them all out, and then you realize your your roommate came back and he's eating a banana, and then there's 50 more of them in the <laughs> kitchen within 10 minutes, and you just can't get rid of them. If you're in a game with them, you're chasing them around the house, swatting, swatting, got them. Because sure, you can make some plays on them, you can pick a couple off. You don't need you don't need a bug zapper. You don't it, no, but they're just gonna always be there, and you know it, and you have to live with the fruit flies, and you got to apologize when guests come in your house. And say, hey, sorry, don't mind those fruit flies. We had margaritas two weeks ago, and they're still here. <laughs> Great. That's what UNH is. And you, you hit it on the head. Nobody likes to play UNH because you're watching the film of UNH. You're practicing UNH. Hey, man, they're not doing anything crazy. Hey, they're not that big. Hey. And then you go out there, and you're like, what the hell is happening? Why are they going toe-to-toe? Hey, 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 UNH, It'll never make just, sense. Just, uh, just the biggest thorn in your side. The, 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 the rock in your shoe. God, I remember sick all of four talking years, about UNH. The way that you said it, I remember all four years of playing UNH that we would show up in film and be like, these guys aren't that good. 
they're not that athletic. They're not that big. They don't look that tough. And and then you watch them. You're just like, we're going to beat these guys. We're going to kick the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you show up to the wormhole stadium that they have where it feels like you're on another planet. It's I the waste management expl- stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't yeah, – waste management stadium. I can't explain it. And you show up and then the first like three, four drives, it's like the middle of the second corner quarter. And you're like, wait, what, why are we down by 10? Why are oh. we down by 10? And it's the third quarter. And then you're like, why are we still down by 10? Why can't we score? Why do they keep turning the ball over? Why do they keep getting these stops in third and short? It's just the little there. things. It's the little things they do right. They're they spring coach. a well 50 coached. yard punt return. They do, you know, it's they put their helmet on the ball. Oh, is it frustrating? You know, you're. It, they it, get it, lucky catches that shouldn't be called touchdowns. Dude, the, the, every. Every year, film session. Every game. Here's the film session in the O line room. Okay, uh-huh. it goes like this. All right, this guy, you know, he's tall, quick twitch, but you'll be able to handle him. Interior, big boy, but he's just going to clog up space. So we're going to have to work on the, the, you know, the combination blocks. This guy, he's the dude. He's the dude. All right, and then everyone else, you kind of filters through. There's one to two dudes. Some teams, you know, GMU used to have like five dudes. Uh, UNH one dude a year, one dude a year, and somehow their defense, everyone became a dude when when game time came around, and we're like, what the hell are all these dudes <laughs> doing out here? We're the scales. Uh, by the way, about, about their schedule before we continue on to the next team, uh-huh. uh, they start off with Stonehill, which is going to be a win. Their FBS game is against Central Michigan, well coached team. Uh, they play Dartmouth, who sucks. And then their CAA schedule is like all the light teams. Their two hardest they were, games. They were cupcake last year also. The, their two hardest games are Delaware and Rhode Island. And then they play Towson, who stunk last year. They play Albany and Stony Brook, who both stunk last year. And then Monmouth, Maine, and Villanova, who were all very yeah, average winnable. last year. Weird. It's annoying. Uh, Richmond. Richmond is losing actually a, a good amount. You know, they're, they're losing Reese Dinsky, who was a very talented quarterback this past year. It was one of the most highly productive kids at the position in the country at the FCS level. Day they were guy. nine and four, underwhelming in the playoffs. They bring back Tristan Wheeler, who I've talked highly of on this program, that he is a great quarterback. I, I, I don't know who's going to start, though, for QB, man. Like, that's what I need to figure out. Like, who is the guy? Who are they bringing in? Who is going to be the starting quarterback? There's a good chance that that person's productive because of the coaching and the offensive scheme that they run. But that's the big question mark for Richmond before I can commit to them of being a nine and four team again next year. Wheeler, the linebacker. Yes. Yes. You say quarterback. Just just for those that are. Uh, Tristan Wheeler. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 No, no worries. No worries. Not hating. This is not a, a Sean caught Joe Lacken moment. <laughs> it's just a correction. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is man that's all it is i promise you uh no hey i'm not catching you uh lacking right now you already did that to yourself trying to read the san diego richmond had a pretty dynamic offense last year uh hey you know who led the uh you know who was first in the caa and receptions last year what school it came from richmond what about the second place guy richmond what about the third place guy, Richmond? You know how many they had any the of those guys 10? returning? Four. I don't care if they're returning, Joe. I don't care. Kind of you know why? I, not to me, because you have a scheme where where Reese Udinsky is coming around. Most completions you have. 
it's not just who's returning. If you have that much consistency in the top 10, four guys in the top 10 receptions, that's not star. That's not, hey, here's the guy that's going to go in the in the third round and he, he was at Richmond and we're all going to put his jersey up. No, these are dudes. They're wide receivers, good college football wide receivers. Every school has them. Not every school has a scheme. Not every school has an offense that is able to get the, the ball in the wide receiver's hands so often. You can have great passing attacks, but is your offense being run through the passing game? Probably not. Probably not. You probably have a quarterback that's going to run it a bunch. You probably have a, a couple. You have, probably have a fast running back and a big running back. And then you have a, a, a tall wide receiver and two short wide receivers. Richmond doesn't care. They're going to spread the ball out, and they're going to complete passes. You remember sitting on the sidelines, looking at all the drops every year from other teams, sometimes yeah. our team, sometimes our team. We had guys with good hands, but you're looking at, God, why are they taking so many 50-50 balls? Everything is a 50-50 ball, except at Richmond, where they're just completing passes, dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk, 15-yard out, boom, first down. We're going we're gonna to beat you. Skill issue. Ryan, I will say, though, I think if there's one I'm team, Sean. I don't care what your name is. <laughs> I'm Sean, not Sean. Ryan. Sean. I don't, I don't have a kid enough. that just turned one. I, Congratulations, I don't record, by the I don't, way. I don't record enough with you to remember your name. Um, one team, Sean, that I think if they're going to have a drop-off, I think it's going to be Elon. Matt McKay, who was their starting quarterback last year, is gone, and he was a big reason why they were – successful they've got a couple good offensive linemen that i like they're losing a lot of their key contributors on defense the one guy that i look at that is a great returner that doesn't get enough love is jalen hampton who's their running back who rushed for over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns which is great production to return at the running back position but outside of that i don't know i feel like elon's always an up and down team and the other thing with elon if they don't have a quarterback they're one of those teams where if they're in no man's land at the position, it's usually when they have a down year. It's usually when they're kind of having a recovering year because they had they had Cheek for a while who was fantastic. They yeah. had McKay the year after. Right now, I don't know who the guy is. They didn't add any portal guys, so there's a big question mark there. Yeah, Elon's a weird team because you're always like, we got beat by Elon? That's what the Elon team is. And then, but they always have a couple of really tough guys in the trenches, just big as hell taking up space offense and defense i'm looking i'm like god damn that's a wide guy like just wide as hell and they got a linebacker uh what was the joker summers i think he was a fan he was fantastic for them they -hmm. always have a guy on defense that just makes a crucial play they play they they play pretty hard uh i i think you're right with the drop off i will uh piggyback with you on that one uh but uh I, I without the quarterback and McKay provided them some consistency on the offensive side that I've never really seen from them. He would, he, he was a guy that could take control, take charge of the offense and the offense knew that. And if you have that quarterback, that guy that could say, Hey, let's march down the field real quick. You're more likely going to march down the field than saying, Oh, Hey, Tommy sophomore, you want to come in here and see if you got this arm talent that everyone's talking about. And that kid might, or he might not. Uh, so losing McKay and not bringing in a, a, a true, I guess, a portal vet or or anything like that. That's that's tough. You're putting some faith in some some quarterbacks that maybe they take the step up and all the news clipping is gonna be, oh, this guy, yeah, that's he's the guy. He's shown some really great stuff in the spring. Mm. Show me it in the fall. That's when I'll start believing in Elon. 
Sean, we keep saying this every year. It feels like since we left Rhode Island that it might be the year. It might be the year that they get it together. They make the playoff. They should have made the playoff last year over some of these teams, but I digress. They're losing some dudes. Ed Lee had one of his his best season, and he stepped up to the level that I think we all saw at practice of what he was capable of being. He's now gone. Losing a key player in Henry Yanakopoulos, who was a great safety, he's now gone. They're losing Jordan Jones, who is a great defensive back. He's now gone. While they're losing guys on defense. They're losing their tackle leader, Jake Fire. Jake Fire. Hey, who's if now we're on the coaching staff. If we, now if on the coaching na- staff. Oh, God, is he really? Yeah, where the hell have you been? We've been, at, I, we've been I, in text I, I threads with you, him. I didn't know he was in there. You're an I idiot. I didn't know he was still Bad friend. Um, they still do have... I look at the bookend tackles that they're returning in Lorenzo Thompson, or not tackles, Lorenzo Thompson, and then their their guard, um, Nick Correa, who is a fantastic player. Correa is the, the best offensive lineman that they have coming back. They did lose uh, a Johnny Cornelius, who is now at Oregon, because he's freaking talented as hell. He's a stud. He is so good. I'm going to be rooting for Oregon this year just because of him. But they do still bring back a 45-year-old Kasim Hill at quarterback. And yeah. then they also have Wesley Neal, who was a very, very highly recruited kid out of Florida who was a five-star recruit by rivals at the time when he came out. And he has lived up to the early hype. Very good player. I think that with those guys coming back, they're going to be back at the top of this conversation, but the debate is just going to be, can they win the big games that they have? I have faith that Rhode Island has built themselves up to be a team that beats the hell out of the easy teams on their schedule. If they've got an easy uh, FBS matchup, they're going to put up a massive fight. They have gotten to that point. The recruiting has gotten them to that point. But can they finish the job against the UNHs, the Delawares, the William & Marys? That is what is going to be the contingency for their success. If they can't do it, it's going to be another four-loss season and they're going to be bounced out of the playoff because they don't have enough critical, crucial wins to put on their resume. Yeah, every every year it seems like early we've been saying, well, that'll do it. You know, that's a huge win. And then that team falls off the face of the earth and it doesn't look like a very big win. And you're looking at teams that I saw them beat Elon last year and I said, that's it. That's the win that they needed. It was a huge game on homecoming and they won. I said, punch it in. And I jinxed them. That's what I did. This year, I'm not going to say a word about roadie football again until I contradict that in about week eight. I don't think it's proactive for me to talk about them because I'll jinx them. I will keep my eyes on them. I'll watch their games. But I know this for myself. If I hold on to hope silently, I can give them a chance. Vocally, I I can't hurt this team anymore. Too many good friends on the team. Uh, They have such great talent. And, and finally, veteran talent that, that has matured and you're saying you're watching them and you're like, oh, they're feeling the game. They're feeling the game. They're not just running the plays. They are running the plays, but they're not just running them. They're feeling it and where they need to be because it's just that's that's they become football players. That's what they are. And they're they're winning games. So we just need them to win one more this year. Just one more. And then then hunky dory. Go ahead. Do whatever. I'm not going to say if they will or won't. I refuse. 
And it's fair. I mean, you don't want to jinx it, them. It, it I, 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 it's, it's, it's completely fair. And I, I don't know, man. It's just so frustrating because we, first of all, they're good when, we, when we're gone. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, 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 this is one of the few teams that I don't, I have no words. I don't know. I don't know. Because they should be able to get the job done. They've got everything. But we don't know. Nope. Because they've never been able to finish the job. I'm still rooting for Rody. Last team, Sean, Delaware, 8-5 and five last year. They went to the playoff. A little bit of an underwhelming exit the way that they finished out the season. They lost Nolan Henderson, who has been a quarterback there for a long time. They lost Johnny Buchanan, who was their top linebacker. It's going to be hard for, for Delaware, similar to Elon, to bounce back and to play well after what they've been depleted by. And I know that I kind of came in last year saying that, that Delaware might have a down year. I think that more than ever now might be the year that they have a down year because they're losing a lot of talent and a lot of veteran talent, which set them up perfectly to be successful. Yeah. Hey, Joe, what's the score of the Texas game real quick? Uh, it's 67-55. Uh, in favor of uh, Texas? Yeah. Let's go. I, bet on, I bet on Miami. Yeah, I could hear it. Oh, well. You Wait, suck. thanks for telling me now that you can hear it. Uh, just the loud whistles. It's not a big deal. I'm it's sure it what? won't get picked up. It's just I just heard the wh- well, if you're going to hear me, you need your headphones on. Um, but... I hope it's not getting picked up in the background. I, I uh, realized midway through that I left the volume on like a tiny bit too high. <laughs> I wish you noticed something sooner. I just heard what I was, uh, I'm assuming a loud block or charge call is what I have to hear. I think that that was the whistle that I heard. Mm. Okay. Delaware. Uh, regardless, Del- this might be a top heavy conference this year. We might have three at the top and then everyone else middling at six and six, five and five, whatever, whatever it ends up at. Because Delaware is not going to be, they're not going to get what they get last year. Eight wins. They're not getting eight wins. Delaware won't get eight wins. No, they yeah, they were. They did have eight wins. They're not going to have eight wins this year. Punch that in. I'll punch that in. I'm not going to jinx them either. That's not a Sean jinx. They won't. It, it, there's no conversation that I need to have about it, right? It makes too much sense. You lead. You lose both of your best players on offense and defense. And then you don't, you've been kind of weird all year. They were weird all year where Nolan Henderson would have like a five touchdown game and then have like a 112 yard game. And you're just like, uh, what, what are we doing? Which are guy is good? it? Or, yeah. Which guy is it? And then you're going to bring in a guy who's more consistent, but he's not going to be as good as when Nolan Henderson was good. What would you rather have? It doesn't matter because they're not going to get eight wins without that guy that can get them five touchdowns a game. It doesn't right. matter. They don't beat who they beat. They beat Navy last year. They beat Navy, which was the big one. Huge one. Good win. Good win against Navy. But you're not going to beat Navy this year if you played Navy next this year. They won't. And sure, I'll hate. I'm hating. Punch Blue that hen- market. Blue hen hater, Sean Anderson. Um, last, just quick takeaway here. Honorable mention. I think keep an eye out for Monmouth. Jaden yeah. Sheridan is a really good running back. He was a finalist for the Walter Payton Award last year. Massive production. Um, I, I Frankly, I really like what he does as a runner. I think that he's got great vision. Um, the thing that's just going to be tough with him is they lost Tony Musket. Their offensive line's kind of okay. So like that's where we get a little bit tricky here with, with trying to get a feel for what Monmouth can do. But if there yeah. is going to be like a sleeper team that knocks a couple people uh, out of the running of the playoffs, I think Monmouth has that potential. Yeah, Monmouth played really hard last year. They play with a chip on their shoulders, which I really like from a football team. 
uh, because I'm saying, hey, this is a new conference. Nobody's going to respect us. So we're going to go mm. out there and be in our attitude era, which I love, love that. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to write that right off Monmouth once. I'm just not unless they come out and they're 0 and 4 and they're just stinking it up. Sure. But going in optimistic about Monmouth, optimistic, Sean, coming to you live. Sean, it's going to wrap us up on. Yep. Jody Leone, Sanderson Radio on Twitter, Hack City on YouTube. Hit subscribe. We'll be back. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.